you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode of Locked on Mizzou is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. And my goodness, what a ball game we just witnessed. I'm really kind of still in shock when Missouri went down by 14 in the second half of that ball game. There was no signs of life from the run defense. Nothing felt good, frankly. But here we are, after 1,200 yards of offense by both teams, and after a 27-point fourth quarter by your Missouri Tigers, Missouri beat the Arkansas Razorbacks 50-48, to and we've got everything to break down in this ball game, including, well, frankly, one of those classic Missouri heartbreaking moments that ended up flipping and how that ended up flipping for an individual and for us as a fan base. I want to talk about that. And also, frankly, there was a moment for as good as Eli Drinkwitz was in this game and as good as he's been in this season, I think Missouri mismanaged a special teams kickoff. Just a bit of a a bit of a mismanagement in terms of their kickoff strategy that I'd like to discuss. But you know what? First of all, let's just discuss an incredible victory. Can you believe that comeback? I mean, honestly, how good was that? How exciting was that? And frankly, how good was Connor Basilek in that game? Considering the guy took a a low hit to to the knee early in that football game. And I'm not going to call it a dirty hit because I really don't think that it was a dirty hit. I think the guy was more or less pushed in the back. He was he stumbled a little bit. From what I could see, I don't think he was trying to maliciously hurt Connor. But regardless, it was impossible to not think back to last year's Arkansas game where Connor Basilak tore his ACL and think, oh no, it's happened again. But guess what? He shook it off. He hobbled off the field after one snap by Brady Cook that ended up being, well, negated, fortunately, by a penalty. Basilak was back, and honestly, this was as good a game as he's played all season. Now, he didn't throw a single touchdown, but just as importantly, he didn't throw any interceptions either. And there were multiple times, especially on third down, where Basilak was able to step up into the pocket, and despite the fact that, again, he had to have been a little bit scared by that shot to the knee. But despite despite all that, he was able to push through that mental wall, step up into the pocket, and keep his eyes downfield. When he stepped up into the pocket, found receivers open for first downs on critical third down plays, Basilak ultimately throws... For 380 yards, 32 of 49, almost 8 yards per attempt. I just thought the guy was really, really good today. And speaking of really good players, Larry Roundtree and the entire offensive line deserves a tremendous amount of credit. 27 carries for that 
young man for 185 yards, three scores. Also, Tyler Beatty, six for almost 80 yards, including a 46-yard touchdown. Missouri with five touchdowns on the ground. And you know what? I tell you, the right side of that Missouri offensive line, when you include Case Cook, you include Larry Borum, even throw Michael Maietti in there at center, boy, you're going to run right with Missouri. you got a tough task ahead of you if you're on defense. And there was a few times when Daniel Parker Jr. was good to see him back in the ball game when he lined up at fullback. Man, what a what a blocker he can be at that position. And on one play in particular, there was a Jalen Knox jet sweep to the left side of the field. And Daniel Parker, I'm telling you, he must have pancaked three guys on one play, at least from what I could see in the stands. I mean, I was absolutely losing my mind at how good Daniel Parker was at blocking in the open field on this particular Jalen Knox jet sweep. And you know what? Daniel Parker felt pretty good about it, too. He was feeling himself after the play, celebrating, and honestly, why not, young man? I'm so happy for Daniel Parker just as an individual, too. That horrible eye infection, that whole ordeal that he went through. There was an earlier earlier in the season, he in the preseason, he was talking about just seeing one of his coaches out of his peripheral vision was one of the greatest moments of his entire life because he realized that he was starting to recover. Good for you, Daniel Parker Jr., and my goodness, your blocking in general is excellent, but on that particular play, it was just out-freaking-standing, and I loved every second of your toxic masculinity on that particular play, sir. And you know what? Speaking of jet sweeps, I just continue to be impressed by how good Eli Drinkwitz is at just drawing up plays that are going to get guys into great positions to make stuff happen, even if it's only on one or two snaps. And in particular, Jay Macklin. Now, there was a penalty on this play, but Jay Macklin didn't play a lot of snaps. But the one time he came in the game, Basilak threw him the ball for a first down. And you know what? Boo Smith didn't get a lot of snaps either. But when he did, there was I think he played two snaps from what I could see. And both times, he was the jet sweep guy. The second time, they faked it to him. But the first time, he gets the ball and gets a nine-yard gain. Again, that's just easy Eli money right there. That guy just knows how to help out his offense, design plays, get guys who may not even play very much. Just, hey, guess what? Boo, Jay Macklin, here's your here's the one play that you need to focus on and work on all week. And in a semi-important moment, when they run that, get a first down, well, guess what? That's just that's that's just like stealing money. It really is. That's just great play calling by Coach Eli Drinkwitz. And you know what? Just really quick, let me hit Coors Light before we get to the rest of this game because Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing in this particular week, because guess what? Something gets canceled or postponed every single week, right? We're all very aware of this as Missouri fans. But regardless, there are still plenty of teams and sports on TV that give you the excuse to chill 
and drink a beer. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink a beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Because Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, of course, one has to admit that one of the major problems with Missouri's porous run defense in the second half was Nick Bolton being kicked out of the game in the first half. And I have to admit, sometimes I consider myself to be Well, I like to go against the grain. Let's put it that way. I like to go against conventional wisdom. But when it comes to Nick Bolton and his targeting call in the second quarter, well, I absolutely agreed with everyone that I follow on Twitter who's a Mizzou fan, a Mizzou beat writer, whatever it might be. Well, they all the consensus was that that was a terrible call, that Nick Bolton didn't launch himself Number one, and number two, just as importantly, he didn't hit the guy in the head. And yet, after the game, Eli Drinkwitz said that he agreed with the call. By the letter of the law, he thought that was the correct call. Um, I, I don't know if I should just agree to disagree with Eli, or perhaps I should educate myself a little bit. Is there something that I'm missing from that targeting rule? Because honestly, even just by the letter of the law, I have no idea how that can possibly be a targeting call on Nick Bolton. But frankly, even if that is the correct call, I I, I don't agree with that rule and we need to change it somehow. Because frankly, if you want to blame somebody on that play for the fact that that Arkansas guy took an enormous hit there from Bolton, well, blame the quarterback for hanging him out to dry. I mean, just because targeting exists as a foul, that doesn't mean that you still can't take a big hit every once in a while over the middle of the field. This is still football. But as much as I didn't like that call, and certainly that had an enormous effect on the rest of the game, Missouri was definitely the beneficiary of a taunting call. Their third down, Kiki Chisholm takes a big hit, a legal hit, And I don't know, for whatever reason, a taunting call came out there on Arkansas. I I didn't exactly see what happened there. I didn't see a replay. But regardless, a huge break for the Tigers there. They ultimately punched that thing into the end zone. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Missouri definitely got got a lucky break there. So I'm not going to just complain as if the officials were biased against Missouri or something, but my goodness, the officiating in that game left a lot to be desired, to be to leave no doubt. One thing I noticed defensively for Missouri is that Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks, who had 10 receptions for 206 yards and a score, that long 68-yard touchdown against Joshua Bledsoe, well, for the most part, Burks, at least from what I could see, I'll correct me if I'm wrong in the snap counts post game, but it seemed like he was lining up in the slot most of the time. Now, on that 68 yard touchdown, he lined up to the boundary, and Josh Bledsoe followed him out there. Now, I think in retrospect, 
that was a mistake. If he's going to line up all the way out to the boundary, you need to switch him off and have Rakestraw or either Jarvis Ware or one of the other corners follow him out there. But in the second half, I noticed an adjustment by Missouri. Rakestraw was suddenly, for the first time that I saw all season, was not guarding a boundary receiver. In fact, he was covering the slot receiver, which I believe was Traylon Burke. So that was definitely... The first time I've seen that adjustment defensively from Missouri all season was putting Rakestraw man-to-man in the slot. Also, I noticed that Jarvis Ware, the other starting corner from Missouri, missed a good portion of that game. And checking my Twitter feed throughout the game, I didn't see any updates on his injury status. But I've got to think that he was hurt. I, I can't imagine that he was benched because of, of poor play. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but somebody's got to update me on Jarvis Ware. I just found that really curious, and obviously this is a, a rapid reaction show, so hopefully I'll have some more information the next time we talk. But I tell you, like this entire 2020 season, it was certainly a very strange senior day as the parents and family of our seniors plus Nick Bolton, <laughs> were not allowed onto the field with their young men. And that was a little bit sad, but at least they were they were in the stands. They were there cheering on. But frankly, I felt a little bad that those guys couldn't have the typical senior day moment, especially with a full crowd. But I will say, the crowd that was there by the end of the game, number one, it felt like there was a lot more than 11,000 people there, if I'm being completely honest. Certainly the hill was more full than it was the last game without question. And it just felt like it felt like it was closer to 20,000 than 11,000 there. And uh, an actual, there was multiple M-I-Z Z-O-U chants in, in the stadium for the first time all season. And it felt real. It felt great. It actually felt semi-normal. So honestly, that was one of my favorite parts of the entire season was just actually getting a couple real M-I-Z-Z-O-U chants, as silly as that might sound. Just felt some normal, so a little bit of normalcy was very much welcomed. But for as happy as I am about this victory, I, I do have to say I have a couple criticisms, including how Missouri played its kickoff from the 50-yard line in the second half. But first, I do want to remind you all about our title sponsor, and that is Built Bar. And here's the thing about Built Bar. You know that these bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. But did you also know that they're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew? So guess what? You want to indulge a little bit? and a chocolatey treat, well, you don't have to feel 100% guilty even though these things are covered in 100% chocolate because the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before with six new flavors on top of its original dozen. So if I were you, I would get a variety pack and see which type of Built Bar suits you best. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's 
Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So here was the one part of the game that I thought Eli definitely mismanaged. It was after the long, I think it was a 45-yard touchdown run by Tyler Beatty, made it 40-33, to a seven-point league by Arkansas. To me, there was a 15-yard penalty at the end of that play. I, I, actually, it may have been on the extra point. I'm not even sure. But regardless, Missouri accepted that penalty on the kickoff, so therefore they were kicking from the 50-yard line. And to me... You kick it into the back of the end zone 100% of the time with with Sean Ketting there, right? We all know how good of a kickoff guy he is. So if he just does his usual kickoff, well, then you gain 25 yards of field position. Okay, 25 yards is not nothing. But here was my thought. Why not just onside kick it from the 50-yard line? Because again, worst-case scenario... Let's say you just let's say you just launch the kick at the guy. There was one guy who was standing about 15 yards back for Arkansas inside the hash marks. Why not just launch the kick at him? Try and kick it at his at his lower at his lower half basically. Try to kick it at his knees. Because guess what? If the ball ricochets off him, you've got a great chance to recover that thing. And if not, well, Here's the deal. You've kicked it from the 50, not the 35. And if it gets past the guy, let's say it's a rocket and it doesn't touch anybody, well, now it's just a squib kick from the 50-yard line. And frankly, that's not an easy return situation for Arkansas. The downside there is very, very small. But of course, the upside of an onside kick is that you recover the football and you have an extra possession for yourself. You've essentially stolen a possession from the other team. And again, to my mind, anytime any college team gets it in that position, especially if you're trailing by seven, it'd be one thing if Missouri was leading the game by 21, but in a game in which they're trailing, what's the real downside there? Worst case scenario, the guy fields it perfectly and, I don't know, Arkansas has the ball at their own 40-yard line. I understand that that's not the greatest outcome of all time. You'd rather him have it at the 25 or less, but I don't know. To me, the opportunity to get the football there, well worth trying some sort of onside kick there from midfield. But ultimately, this is just such a great win for the Tigers, for those young men, for Eli Drinkwitz, all those guys. And, you know, I'm obviously... I'm really happy for Nick Bolton that somehow, to me, that that rather legal hit, in my mind, didn't end up costing the Tigers the game. And of course, I'm happy for Harrison Mevis, too, who is just a confident young man, isn't he? His quote after the game was about the Arkansas Razorbacks calling a couple icing timeouts there. He said, it just gives me more time to think about what I need to do. Advantage me. Now, that's a great attitude. That is absolutely the perfect attitude to have in any situation in life when somebody is trying to get you off your game. 
just flip it mentally and say, no, actually, this is helping me. Just just do that. Harrison Mevis, love that guy. And I'm also so happy for Jamal Brooks, the guy who may have been in Nick Bolton's spot, the guy who got his hands, who was in a great position on that two-point conversion, Arkansas trying to win the game there, go or at least go ahead with 43-some-odd seconds left. Jamal Brooks got his hands on the football, somehow squirts through him, ends up in the Arkansas receiver's hands for the two-point conversion. I mean, I, I, I wish I could lie and tol- tell you that I didn't bury my face into my hands at that moment, but I definitely did. But you know what? I picked my head up pretty quickly because I thought, you know what? This doesn't have to be another heartbreaking Missouri moment. We've got 43 seconds left. We've got Eli Drinkwitz. We've got Connor Basilak. And by golly, we've got Harrison Mevis too. What a job by those young men. What a great job by every single guy on the team deserves credit. I mean, that's, I I thought the LSU game was maybe as good as it was going to get. I tell you, you could argue this one might have been even better. What a fantastic win by these Tigers, guaranteeing a 500 season in a really, really tough situation. A new coach, COVID, hard schedule, all SEC, adding LSU, adding Alabama. It just doesn't matter. This team just keeps persevering. It's really, really impressive. Hasn't all been perfect, but my God, for a first season under a new coach in these circumstances, I'm absolutely thrilled. And I wondered how many people were hopping on the bandwagon. Well, I think you saw the bandwagon start to strengthen today. You saw a good crowd, an excited crowd. And again, those M-I-Z, Z-O-U chants, those were real. And I loved every second of it. And at the end of his post-game press conference, Eli Drinkwitz said, and I quote, Mizzou Nation is getting excited about what we're doing. Recruits are taking notice, and we're not done. Oh, that's that's a great quote. I love the confidence from Eli Drinkwitz. And here's the good news. We're not done here on Locked on Mizzou either. So join me tomorrow as I recap The Missouri-Wichita State basketball game. Yes, the content and the fun never stops here on Locked on Mizzou. So I'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Mizzou.